intentional sequel to last week's message. A show of hands, please. Who has been dealing with anxiety later? No matter how small you think it is. Don't lie. I know you're out there. My hand is up so you know that at least one other person is dealing with it. You're not alone. And if I had to guess, I would say that most people watching online this morning, if we're honest, also have a hand raised. The truth is not one of us is exempt from the stresses of life, from trials. None of us are exempt from sensing fear and anxiety at some level. It affects us all differently, and not all of us respond the same way to it. But if you're wearing an earth suit today, fear and anxiety are part of your environment in this broken world. It comes in different forms. It has many different triggers. Work, school, health, family, friendships, finances. Usually, anxiety is caused by outside triggers beyond our control. But sometimes it's our own minds that act as the trigger. What if? And what now? These are the questions that run on repeat, like the Energizer bunny in a hamster wheel. It's the fear of the unknown or regrets of the past. And it can be crippling mentally, emotionally, even physically. At very least, anxiety, fear, robs us of our peace and steals our joy. So how do we deal with it? If it's all around us, if it seems to be an exploding phenomenon in our time right now, how do we deal with it? How do we cope? I'm glad you asked. Now, before we continue, please understand, this is not a message of condemnation. If you're dealing with anxiety, if you're struggling, this is not condemning. This is hope. This is encouragement. Most people who are plagued by anxiety and fear are not aware that they have a choice in the matter. They don't know that there's a way out. Many of them are victims of fear and anxiety handed down for generations. It's a generational curse that needs to be broken in Jesus' name. It's a stronghold in their life that needs to be replaced with a stronghold of peace. Well, I'm here to tell you today, there is hope and there is a way out. Is it easy? Not always. Is it instant? Probably not. But the keys are simple, easy to understand. And if we put into practice, effective. I would like to present to you today three doors and a key. The key is required to open all of the doors, and each one is a vital part of the victory over fear and anxiety. 
I'm not suggesting that this will be easy, but with God, all things are possible. Through Jesus and what he has purchased for us with his own life, we have the power and the victory. So here we go. Let's start the conversation. Let's get rid of excuses and start on the road to healing. Amen? So door number one. Stop it. Yes, I said it. Why? Because Jesus said it. And he gave inspiration to Paul to say it as well. If it wasn't possible, God wouldn't have commanded it. Now again, this isn't condemnation. This is hope. We have the choice. We have the option. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That stop it may sound insensitive, and I'm sorry if it does, but it's not. It's simply a statement from the Lord that we have the power to overcome. We need to recognize that worry is a choice. Jesus says, don't worry about your life. Who of you by worrying can add a single day? Don't do it. And yet so many of us get caught up in the what if. Worry is a choice. Anxiety is something that we have the power to overcome through Christ. Again, I'm not saying it's easy. But it's possible. It starts with disciplining our minds. Taking captive every thought. Making it obedient to the knowledge of Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Fear is a natural reaction to a scary situation. Experiencing fear is not wrong. Dwelling on it and living in it continuously is. Paul says, don't do it. Go to God in prayer. Make your requests known. And let his peace cover you. I haven't counted them myself, but I've heard it said numerous times that the phrase, fear not, or a variation of it, appears in the Bible 365 times. That's one for every day of the year. Why do you think it's so important for God to tell us every day to not fear, to not be anxious? Because every day he wants us to remember that he has given us the power and the authority to look fear in the eye and say, no, you do not control me. I have victory over you in Jesus. Hallelujah. Every day, our Father wants us to remember that the Holy Spirit inside of us is greater than the fear that is in the world. He is greater in us than the devil who's trying to destroy us. Come on. 
Some will say, but you don't know what I'm going through. You haven't been where I am. Maybe you're right. Maybe I don't know what you're going through. Then again, maybe I do. But I will guarantee you this, someone does. Remember what we said earlier, you're not alone. Someone knows what you're going through. Someone knows where you've been. Someone has been there before. Hebrews reminds us that Jesus himself faced every trial that we face. He knows what's going on in our hearts and in our minds. He knows what's tormenting us. He can sympathize with our weakness. And he offers us his strength. Some will say, well, it's not just that easy. You can't just say stop. Well, actually, according to Scripture, it is that easy. If you look at how it's written, there's nothing complicated about it. We're simply told not to do it. Sometimes that means we have a battle that we have to overcome. We have opposition that we have to overcome. But if you look at this verse, if it had been written by Moses in the book of Exodus, it would have quite likely started with, Thou shalt not. Mark chapter 4. Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat while he and his disciples were headed across the lake. A storm comes up. The waves are crashing over the point to the over the boat to the point that it's flooding and the disciples begin to fear for their lives. In verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, "Peace, be still." And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Sometimes we need to get up into the face of our storm and tell it to stand down. And yes, that is easier said than done. But it's worth it. It's worth it. We have the authority through Christ to stand against the fear, to stand against the anxiety, to overcome. Door number two, we have the power to redeem it. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We can hold on to fear. We can live in it and be crippled by it. Or we can use it for our benefit and for God's glory. We can learn from it. We can grow through it. And we can gain strength through Christ. 
Paul was all about humility, even though he had reason to boast. He had all the credentials. He had training and education. He even had citizenship. But his greatest boast was how God would choose him and use him in spite of his sins and failures. Paul kept saying, I am the chief of sinners. In other words, I don't have it all together. I've got nothing to boast about. I am a failure. But God's grace and his power are my redemption. When we face situations that cause fear, when we face situations that bring anxiety, we can hold on to those things and we can cower in fear and we can shrink back. Or we can stand up and say, my God is able. And we can overcome. God told Joshua repeatedly, be strong and of good courage. Fear not. Redeem the senses that God has put into you. Redeem those emotions and bring them back for God's glory. Door number three, surrender it. 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. How much? Just the really big stuff? All of it. Cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. Humble yourselves therefore. Wherefore? Look back one verse further. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Do you think it's an accident that he wrote these sentences side by side in the same paragraph? God opposes the proud, but he gives grace, strength to the humble. Cast all your cares on him. You got fear in your life? Are you struggling with anxiety? Well, maybe you're not struggling. You just got a little bit. But you can handle it, right? God calls that sin. He doesn't want us to handle it. He wants us to surrender it. Anything that we don't surrender to God is an idol to us. That's why we need to stop living in fear. We need to stop the anxiety from taking over our minds and our hearts. When it comes to fear and anxiety, we have the opportunity to stop it, redeem it, and surrender it. The three doors now. The key that unlocks the doors. The key to opening the doors. Is be still. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still 
doesn't always mean be quiet. It means to quiet ourselves, to quiet our hearts and our minds before God so that we can hear Him speaking. It means to shut off the world and the noise around us so that we can hear God, so that we can experience the fullness of His presence, that tangible sense that He is with us, deeply involved in the innermost part of us. This is where the healing starts. This is where we find deliverance from our fears. This is where we find our answers. This is where we are restored and refreshed. It's not always quiet. Sometimes it's loud shouts of praise to God or crying out before Him, bearing your soul. Sometimes it's quiet worship or meditating on His Word. In any case, to be still means that you are preparing your heart to hear from God. And that means to shut off everything else. We touched on Mark 4 earlier. Jesus and his disciples in the boat crossing over just as Jesus had instructed while he himself was asleep. The storm comes up and the disciples begin to fear for their lives. They're doing exactly as Jesus commanded them to do and yet they became overcome, overwhelmed. How often do we find ourselves so busy that we feel like we're drowning in the very thing God has called us to. It's because we don't take time to stop and rest in the Lord, to be still before Him, to wait on Him, and to renew strength. I heard a clip on a part of a clip on the radio the other day, and I can't give credit because I just heard the middle piece. And it was a conversation. The point was, it was a conversation between Satan and his demons. And he says, if you can't destroy their faith, just get them so busy that they don't have time for God. See, many of us, our faith is strong. Nothing will move us. And that's the problem. We're so busy that nothing moves us. Sometimes we need to be moved to our knees. We need to be moved into our closets. We need to be moved into that quiet place. We need to be moved out of the chaos into the stillness. Be still and know that I am God. Second Chronicles 20, verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. This is at a time where there were multitudes of enemy 
approaching the nation of Israel. Kings from different nations gathered together to take them out. And they sought the Lord. They fasted and they prayed and they got quiet. They were still before the Lord. And then this message comes through his prophet. Stand still and watch God move. Sometimes we need to let go of our situation and let God move for us. We need to stop fretting and worrying and thinking and overthinking and find out what God is speaking. See, God has promised He will speak to us. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. That means he speaks to us. If we quiet ourselves and listen, we will hear. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. What are we thinking on? What are we focused on with our thoughts? What are we feeding our spirits with? Are we focused on God? Are we focused on His Word? Are we trusting in Him? We say that we are. And I speak from experience when I talk about this. I say that I trust God, but I don't always. Sometimes I have to figure it out. Sometimes my mind needs the answer. And I get caught up. And then I have to stop and be still and listen. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. God is with us. We're not alone. As I was reading through this, the river reminded me of the praises of the saints. Our praise is a river that flows to the heart of God. And it makes the city rejoice. 
God is with us. God is our refuge. I challenge you today. Get to know the one who is called I am. It's not enough to know that he is. There's no inheritance given to those who simply know that somebody has great wealth. Hebrews 11.6 tells us there is a reward for those that earnestly seek him. Be still and know that I am God. I am the God that heals you. I am the God that delivers and rescues you. I am the God that never leaves you nor forsakes you. I am the God that provides all of your need. I am the God that leads you to green pastures and still waters. I am the God that rejoices over you with singing. I am the God that exalts and promotes you. I am the God that lifts you up from the ashes and crowns you with beauty. I am the God that lavishes good things on you. I am the God that corrects you and perfects you. I am the God that wipes away every tear and fills you with joy unspeakable. I am the God that carries you through the storm and gives you peace. The Lord is our refuge. Let's be still and know I am. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you are our peace. You are our joy. And you are our victory. You are our strength in our weakness. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And Father, I thank you for the hearts that hear this message today. I thank you that the word is rooted deep and is bringing healing today and restoration. We give you all the praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.